Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to my good nanny radio, MGN Radio, the best show on Blog Talk Radio for family information and entertainment. Thanks for tuning in. Friday, March 20th. It's 9 p.m. Eastern Time, and I'm super, super excited. We're kicking off our fifth season of MGM Radio. Yay! And for those of you who may be new or joining in for the first time, MGM Radio stands for My Good Nanny Radio, and it's basically um, the number one show on Blog Talk Radio for family information and family entertainment. We interview celebrity moms, everyday working moms, women who are just doing some great, amazing things, and we interview dads, too. And um, our past guests have just been phenomenal. And so we're super, super excited about our guests for today, kicking off the show, the CEO and founder of TGIN, Chris Tia Donaldson. I'm super, super excited because her journey and her story is going to blow you away. But before we do that, of course, we have to say thank you to all our listeners um, total downloads of our show over five hundred thousand, and we—it's all because of you. Um, if you, I got so many tweets, so many emails. When is MGN coming back? And da da da. And I said, well, just so everybody knows, I traveled to Nigeria for the Christmas holidays, and that was awesome. Go to my Instagram page, Mrs. Ufadike, or if you follow me on Facebook, you'll see all the pictures um, of all the fun places in Nigeria that we went to as well as, so that was really, really hectic, came back, and it's just really been super busy preparing for Dare to Aspire Conference. Fifth conference is going to be in Atlanta. Mark your calendars. Um, Tickets are going to go on sale probably in about a week or so. Um, The date is June 12th and 13th, Friday, Saturday. You know, last year our keynote speaker, the CEO of Freshly Picked, um, Susan Peterson was our keynote speaker, and it's just amazing, you know. After she left our conference, all her shoes are in Nordstrom's. You know, her shoes are being worn by all kind of celebrities and their babies, and she had so much wisdom and knowledge that she shared with all our attendees. It was really, really great. Um, And so we're doing the fifth conference in Atlanta, and we're going to have an amazing keynote speaker, like we always do, a phenomenal woman that is just really going to share her wisdom and knowledge, as well as we're going to have our vendor booths, 
and it's just really going to be fun because we're really focusing on Atlanta, and our theme is getting to business. So it's going to be really, really good. Okay, so we all know that, you know, this year has just been flying by. Valentine's Day came and went, and it's just been a, you know, wonderful 2015. Don't you agree? Well, we really want to continue just to say thank you to everybody, especially our Facebook followers. Um, they really, really um, share our, our um Stories and they really just tell their friends and everything like that. So we have to say thank you again. So without further ado, I have to do the MGN guest. And my producer is telling me, yes, we have so many people on the line. So if our guest for tonight can press one, we will know it's her and then we'll be able to connect her. Thank you so much to all the people that are listening online as well as listening on um, the phone lines. I see you. Thank you so much. Tonight's show is just going to be really, really super amazing, and I'm excited to have our guest. So while the phone lines are blowing up, let me introduce our guest. Okay. By day, she's a lawyer at a firm. She's a Harvard Okay, but I have to say Harvard because y'all know how I love education. But she's a Harvard um, law graduate. Um, you know, after years of research and development, you know, she penned a best-selling book on Amazon. It's called Thank God I'm Natural, The Ultimate Guide to Carry for Natural Hair. Of course, her company, Thank God I'm Natural, T-G-I-N, um, you know, they have natural and organic ingredients for ethnic hair and skin, including shampoos, conditioners, styling aids, handmade soaps, body creams, and lip balms. And I'm really, really excited because in the future she wants to expand to healthy snacks, cookbooks, supplements, and fitness apparel. Um, she's been featured in many publications, USA Today, Black Enterprise, Ebony, Essence, Chicago Tribune, Detroit News, Boston News, ABC News, Fox. I mean, the list goes on and on. And, of course, she's on MGM Radio tonight. Um, she's an expert on African-American women, beauty issues, and self-esteem. And she has just really taken um, this hair care industry by storm. Um, now her products are going to be in 250 Target stores starting March of 2015, and that is an amazing feat. And so I'm so glad and so happy to have our guest with us tonight, the CEO of Thank God I'm Natural. And let me connect her. Hi, is this Chris? Yes, this is Christia. How are you? Hi, Christia. Welcome to MGM Radio. Thank you so much for having me on. Yes, I'm so excited. And I have to say, because all the Sauras that are listening tonight, she is a proud member of Alpha Kappa Alpha Sorority Incorporated. So, um, you know, that just is another accolade that we have to say on this show. But welcome, welcome. We're really, really super excited. Thank you so much. I'm excited. Yeah, so let's get started. We have tons of people on the phone line listening in, and as many people know, the show is recorded, so, you know, we send the link out for those who want to listen later or forward it to their friends and family. So 
let's talk about you. You're a Harvard Law graduate, right? They'll tell us how did you come about creating this amazing company? Well, it's funny because it um, being a lawyer and working in corporate America at a time, say back in 2003, when natural hair wasn't really accepted or very mainstream, I really wanted to look for um, products that would help me to achieve a professional style where I felt comfortable um, in the workplace. And so that was kind of my motivation for starting um, the product line, but also writing the book, Thank God I'm Natural, The Ultimate Guide to Caring for Natural Hair. Wow. And I read the story about how, like, you're a lawyer, you're working, and then, you know, you had to wear wigs because of your perception that you thought maybe it wasn't professional. Can you talk about that a little bit? Sure. So when I first started my first law firm job, I had a teeny-weeny afro. And this was back in 2003 before you had products on the market like Shea Moisture, Miss Jessie's, or Kinky Curly. And so I had this teeny-weeny afro. I did not know what to do with it. I was using things like Blue Magic and Luster's Pink Oil Lotion, and it just would not stay moisturized. I couldn't do anything with it. And so I opted to wear a wig um, because, you know, the type of environment I was in, braids would not have been acceptable, at least in my mind as a young black female attorney um, trying her best to look professional and polished. And so I opted to wear a wig for close to two years while I figured out how to do my hair um, as well as trying to work on finding products or recipes that would help to keep my hair soft and moisturized. Wow, wow. And you know what? <laughs> my sister's a lawyer as well, and I know with lawyers i got to be very careful with the questions I ask because you all are so precise, and I love that, the way you answer questions. I think it's your training. So you started this law firm. <laughs> what made you What made you make the jump? I mean, how did you even start? A lot, a lot of women and moms, they really have the desire to start their own business. They're working a full-time job like we do, but they really want to start this business, how did you go about even starting? How did you go about even picking the name? Thank God I'm natural. What made you pick it, that it name? It just came to me because I mean I love the name. It resonates with so many people. But literally, when I was writing the book, I was writing this this book. I need to go back and really think about how I came up with it. But I started off writing um, what I thought was going to be like a little pamphlet or something to help women make the transition in natural hair based on the information that I was finding on this one website. But I was like, I want to give up to a little bit more research and make it more easy to digest because it was a bunch of information that I learned in chat rooms. Um, So I started writing the book and just coming up with information and everything like that, doing a ton of research. And when it was time to create my own personal story, which – chronicled my struggle with my own hair, like basically the end of it, um, which went into kind of having to wear this wig at the law firm was like after I gave up this wig and decided to meet me, I not only found my true self um, and was, you know, comfortable with that, but I was per, I was successful professionally as well. And I was just like, thank God I'm natural. Like, thank God. Like, like, like you know, some people are like, thank God it's Friday. It's like, Thank God I'm natural. Like, this is the way it's supposed to be. Like, just 
it just came to me. It couldn't have been any more perfect. And for a lot of women, it's just like, they're like, TGIN, thank God I'm natural, because they're natural too. Like, like, thank God I've reached the point where I realize this is exactly how you made me, exactly how I'm supposed to be. Wow, that's amazing. And I'm natural too, and my girls are natural. I'm a mom, you know, with two girls. And so I know the struggles and the joys of being a natural, um, you know, wearing person and I totally agree with you a couple of years ago because I had a perm a couple of years ago it's just what we did right we wanted to get our hair straightened so we got perms and you know it's just been an amazing journey to see so many beautiful women of color just really embracing their natural hair and I'm just really really so impressed with just the whole movement and the change with the whole natural right I am as well it's been okay. quite a movement, so. Oh, yeah, yes. yes. And I, a lot of people say it's a fad. I don't think it's going to be a fad. I think people are really going to embrace it and it's going to continue. What do, what do you think? I think it's definitely going to continue. I think people are choosing to adopt healthier lifestyles, not only with their hair, their eating habits, as well as fitness. And so I think it's one of those things with also products being available on the market, which makes this process a whole lot easier, as well as the wealth of information and social media around, like, inspirational styles. I think it's so much easier to go natural and stay natural now than it was ever before. Yes, yes. For those of you who are joining live, we are talking to the CEO of Thank God I'm Natural, Chris Tia Donaldson, and she's joining us live. We're getting to just chatting with her about her company. So speaking of Thank God I'm Natural, okay, so you decided, yes, I want to start this company. How did you own your manufacturing or do you outsource your manufacturing to somebody else? How does that work Okay, for you? we do a combination of both. We do like half of half of the product line by hand. Mainly the skincare stuff at this point is all made by hand and our Honey Miracle hair mask and Argan oil are still made by hand. And the other, like the shampoo, conditioner, buttercream daily moisturizer and twist cream are made in the factory, but these are formulas that I developed um, working closely with the chemist. And when I say I developed them, she brings the technical expertise. I bring the research and the experience with bad products and what works and what doesn't work and the feedback that we get from our customers. And it's just a beautiful marriage between kind of my legal background and kind of personal experience as well as her chemical background. Well, that's awesome. So you do a combination of both. Now, in your skincare line, you said that you create, you actually create, like you create it by hand, like you work in a factory and create it by hand? Yeah. yeah. Wow. Yeah. That's amazing. So, like our shea butters are all made by hand um, using kind of like our proprietary technique, extremely popular. Um, the difference between our shea butter and most other shea butters is like ours is organic. It's extremely smooth. It's creamy. It's not whipped. It's in its pure raw form unless we add a little fragrance to it for some people who prefer the scented ones. But it's like one of the smoothest shea butters you'll ever sell. Wow. Well, I'm just so impressed with, with you and what you're doing. And so, okay, so now you have – um, you created this factory, and this is, you're in Chicago, correct? Yes. 
So you're doing your products. Now, what about your employees? Do you have to train them? Do you have a staff? How does that work? Yeah, so we do have um, employees. We have, like, an operations and production team, which run the factory on a day-to-day basis. Um, And they're overseeing things, like I said, the production of the shea butter and things like shipping and labeling some products and making, like, sample packs and getting things out to our customers. Um, So that's the day-to-day. And then we have people who work as independent contractors some of our, our our staff members are like moms, like, you know, I, how would I put it? They're like, they're like moms who work part-time virtually. So, like, my assistant, she is, I don't know whether to call her a stay-at-home mom or not. Like, she works for me. Um, she has her kid in daycare some days when she's working for me, and then she has her kid at home some days. And then my customer service person is also, you know, a mom, um, and when I say a mom, like one of these moms who are like, you know, I don't want to go back full full time, but I do want to, you know, earn some income on the side. And it just works really well for those two positions to have people doing things virtually, and they're completely on top of things. So I really like it. Wow, and that's that's really good to hear. And I know our listeners are probably like writing stuff down. I always say, get your pen and paper when you listen to MGN Radio, because we ask those questions that we're really going to drop some nuggets of information. So you have a team, and I'm just painting the picture. You have a team, and your factory. You so you hire you know part time employees. Your ingredients is everything U.S. made, or do you have some stuff off offshore? No, everything's made in the U.S. in terms of all of our ingredients. Yes. And it's constantly getting better from a product development process. You know, I tell people we're kind of like Apple with the iPhone. You guys might be on Buttercream Daily Moisturizer 2.0, but we're already working on, like, version 4.0. So we're constantly, because our stuff is made in small batches, constantly working behind the scenes to say, hey, can we get – a better ingredient, a more natural ingredient, and researching prices and things of that nature to make the product even better. So I'm very proud of that. Very proud of yes, that. Yes, yes. And a lot of people always want to know, is it made in the USA? You know, and so I'm glad you answered that question. That was actually yes. a question somebody pinged me in the chat room. So thank you for that. I asked it. So it's made in the USA. And so now you have a chemist that you work with, like you said, but you do all the research. Now your manufacturing mm-hmm. facility, do you actually rent out a space? Or, like, how did you come about even getting yeah, this Yeah, for our space, for our warehouse, we do rent it out for the stuff that we make. Wow, amazing, amazing. Now, how do you, because a lot of people are sitting back, okay, she's a lawyer, you know, you're still working your full-time job and then trying to build this brand. Will there ever be um, a time where you say, hey, I just have to focus on TGIN, or are you pretty well balancing the two right now? I'm good at balancing the two right now, and I think the time will come where I have to focus on it exclusively, but I need to pray on that and make sure that I take the right steps to doing it. So the same way that you have to have a business plan to run the business, I have to have an exit plan to focus on this full time. So that involves things like figuring out what my health insurance situation is going to be like or, you know, um, just kind of your how which what, what type of salary you're going to 
live on. So it, it requires another set of decisions, and I've always had two jobs, sometimes three jobs, even when I was in college and in high school. So having two jobs for me is like, oh, two jobs? Okay, got this. Sometimes I have four jobs. I tell my employees that when they call in sick or they're off for a week, I'm like, I did your job, my real job, and ran this company. So, like, I need you to catch up. So, yeah, I just think I'm a really good multitasker. Oh, and that's amazing because a lot of times, especially with our Dare to Inspire conference, a lot of times people are like, oh, my God, I want to make that decision. I want to leave. But it's really, you have to, like you said, you have to have an exit plan and a strategy to right. just jump out. Yeah. Definitely, definitely. We are chatting live with Christia Donaldson, who is the CEO and founder of Thank God I'm Natural. Now, how did you... Or what do you think are some of your biggest challenges when you sit back, especially with the manufacturing and product? What do you think some of your biggest challenges are, and how do you go about accommodating or working through those challenges? So right now I think one of our biggest challenges is scaling up. And what I mean by that is going from, like, 50 or 60 stores to 250 additional stores requires a lot of work and sometimes Target feels like its own job. So like meaning the company, Target, and then my real job. So like three jobs. But I think the scaling up and um is probably one of our greatest challenges at this point. And so what that creates for us is issues about managing inventory and supplies and um, managing cash flow and how to order in a, a fashion where you have enough for them, but you have enough on hand, but you don't have too much where you're tying up your money in shampoo. So I think that's a very um, tricky equation right now. Um, I think another thing that has been a challenge for us, and I'm proud to say that I think we're handling it quite well, was customer service. I don't think we were ever bad at customer service, but we, until this year, I think we have I, I want it to be great at customer service. And what I mean by that is not only putting the customers first in terms of the quality of the products, but getting back to people in a timely manner. So prior to this year, it was like three of us just kind of covering emails and social media and what have you to address people's concerns. But this year I made the, the point of hiring someone who exclusively focuses on putting the customer first. And so what that means is they handle all the voicemails, all the emails, all the issues that arise on social media, and then on top of that, their job is to make sure on a weekly basis that people's pro- sorry packages are moving so that customers are not like, hey, where's my package? We know if your package has no movement before, you know, before the customer comes up so that we can address that issue in advance. So, again, that was a previous challenge, but I, I think um, we're handling it quite well. The problem is um, – the girl who's doing it, she's part-time. I love her. She's great. But with the target explosion, I think that job is going to probably triple in the number of hours that we're going to need to hire additional people to help out with that. So, yes. Wow, you yes, are a to busy, main, busy maintain that level of service. So, yes, yes, yes. No, I always tell people the customer. The customer can make you or break you, and I think that's very smart to focus on the customer. You said a lot of stuff, and so I have to ask some questions. In terms of shipments, packages, how do you manage that? Do you strictly use the U.S. Postal Service, um, or do you? how do you manage your whole inventory process? Because that has to be – you're in many stores now, and now we're going <laughs> to talk about Target. 
but before we talk about Target, but just how did you, before you got in Target, like how do you manage your inventory? So, I mean, for for individual retail customers, like, I'm sorry, um, individual just customers who order through our website or Amazon, we just ship those packages out on a day-to-day basis. And like I said, on the back end, someone is definitely looking at the movement of those packages to make sure that, um, that there that there those 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 labels are showing scans to make sure it's on route to the customer. For delivering to stores, um, we are in local as well as national um, beauty supply stores. So we just ship those using FedEx or USPS. Um, I've been being courted by UPS, but I love me some FedEx. This is probably free publicity for them, but I do love I FedEx. I know. I'm one of those people. I'm a creature of habit, and if I, you know what I'm saying, if I like it, if it's broke, if not broke, don't fix it, but you still need to have a plan B. And so um, we use them for a lot of our larger shipments to wholesale customers. So, yeah, and I've been very happy with that. Yeah, because yeah, UPS is good. What, what what makes, is it FedEx, is it the cost is cheaper? And we're giving FedEx a lot. They need to pay I me think some that, advertising fees. Exactly. You need to be like, FedEx, you need to sponsor <laughs> my next show. I need a commercial from you. But I like FedEx. I mean, one, I just like the user interface. And I hate to say this, their stores are brighter. You walk into a FedEx Kinko's, it's like white and clean. You walk into UPS, it's brown and yellow. I'm sorry, it's the color scheme. It's just one feels, you know, modern and inviting, and the other one feels like the 90s. So it's that, it's the interface of the computer, it's the fact that I've been using them so long, and I just, I'm comfortable. I know how to schedule pickups. I I don't know, I'm just really comfortable with them. I think the rates are fairly comparable but I I really do just like them, and I feel like I've never really had a major um, snafu with them, so I'm con- I will continue to use them. <laughs> yes, yes. Hey, we are chatting live with the CEO and founder of Thank God I'm Natural. Their Instagram page is amazing. Their Facebook page, type in thank, you know, like thank God it's Friday, but it's thank God I'm natural and um you can follow them their website oh speaking of website who designed your website it's um it's really good it's user friendly oh my god like, we're about to the... do it over <laughs> oh oh my okay, okay yeah we're about <laughs> to do it over we're about to do it over i think some people <laughs> why in, um I, 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 I mean i like it but like our branding is changing a little bit right now um we're we're doing like a refresh on our branding and so I I didn't necessarily design it. I kind of worked with someone on the layout and the graphic design, but we've got someone who's really good with graphic um, design that we want, you know, keep the same concept but freshen it up a bit. So that's kind of what we're working towards. But thank you. Thank yeah, you. Yeah, no, I love that. Oh, I love wait. I'm like, yeah, we got to <laughs> clean this one up. We got to, yeah, so, yeah, we're working on so, it. So, like, how did you find, because a lot of, at our conference, we the first year we did our conference, the CEO of One Soul, her shoes are in all, every Costco. Anyway, she said that she lost, I think it was 20000 and and I know my fans will, will correct me if I'm wrong on website stuff. How did you go about picking a good graphic designer, a, a, a good website to make sure that it's, you know, it's really telling the story you want it to tell? Uh, I just find comps that I like. And then based on the comps, like, you know, I take elements from maybe I'll go to, like, J. Crew, and then I might go to, like, 
Hermes, and then I might go to Nordstrom's, and then I might go to Maybelline. I just find elements, and I figure out what, you know, I like the social media buttons here. I like the table of contents here. I like the sliders here. And then I just kind of put it all together, and then, you you know, your graphic designer, based on kind of how they feel about the fonts and everything, um, can kind of take that and give you create a vision based on what you sent them. So that's what I like to do. And you find I'm very detailed see... in my feedback too. <laughs> oh, yeah. I, I I have a feeling you're a type A personality. You're very very type A, <laughs> like me. <laughs> and the phone lines are blowing up. And God, this show just time flies. There's so many questions that we have to continue to ask. But I do. Let me go to the phone lines. Take one or two questions, and then we'll come back and continue on chatting with the CEO of Thank God I'm Natural. Okay, let me go to 678 in Atlanta, 499. Hi, you're on, you're live with us, 678. Hi, how are you? Yes, how are you doing? Fine, happy Friday. Happy Friday. The question I had is I was uh, very impressed um, that um, you had talked about um, fearing um, wearing your hair naturally in professional settings. And I know that was some time ago, but I'm not sure if you heard of the story of Rhonda Lee, who was apparently, you know, fired because she defended wearing um, natural hair. So I wanted to know if, if for, for professional people in the workplace, what are some strategies to use if you want to wear your hair naturally, but you you have to deal with some negative feedback. Great. Well, the question. thing I've learned from talking to a lot of black women is the negative feedback most in most cases come from our own community. So starting there, I think the realization is depending on the environment or industry that you're in. Like I work in a predominantly white male um, environment, and no one could care less about my hair, like literally. Um, yeah, they couldn't. I think we, when you choose to go natural and you want to be professional, I mean, it's important to just, one, have the confidence to know that you you look good. Like my grandma always says, like, you have to believe your own height. That's number one. Like, if you don't feel like you look professional, then you don't look professional. But it's not just the hair. It's the whole package. It's the shoes. It's the accessories. It's, like, the outfit. It's the purse you carry. And I'm not saying it has to be, like, ridiculously expensive, but it's just overall how you carry yourself in, in your entire presentation. Presentation is everything. And I think the hair is just one part of it. There are people, you the flyest relaxer, the flyest whatever, but it's like if your outfit, if your shirt isn't ironed or your shoes are like all broken up, it doesn't really go far in terms of your appearance. So I think that's number two. But like I said, number one is the confidence to know that you are beautiful the way you are. And two, it's just knowing that your hair is just one piece of the overall package. But three, if you want to talk about maintenance, it's like, it really depends on the length of your hair, meaning like if you're short, you know, TWA, you don't have to keep it lined up, but like I think a fresh lineup is cool. If your hair is medium length and you like to do twist outs, I mean, super defined twist outs can be cool. Fuzzy twist outs I think can be cool. If your hair is longer, big and crazy can be, you know, worn a certain way and be professional, as well as like, you know, a slick back bun. So I think we have a lot 
of options when it comes down to it. But again, well, it's one and, piece of the overall presentation. Yes. No, no. That was thank you, Carla. That was a great, great question. And I see some more um Callers on the phone line, thank you so much for tuning in. I'm going to get to you. I just want to, because I had um, some questions in the chat room, too, and they want to go back to this manufacturing, and thank you for your questions. I'm trying to get Tina857. So her question was in terms of how did you find your chemist, how did you find your manufacturing space um, for your for your um, business? Well, I think a lot of it is just God, you know, putting the right people in your path. You may not have the right expertise to achieve your dream, but sometimes people just fall into your lap. But in terms of the researching for the chemist, I think some of the easiest ways to, like, it's kind of hard to do it through Google because there's so many leads, you know what I'm saying? But I think it's one of those things is going to trade shows can be extremely helpful if you're in the hair industry and you're looking for a chemist in black hair care. Go to the Bronner Brothers trade show and see if you can find people who do private label, you know, ethnic hair products there. Um, that might be a way to do it. Or subscribe to trade publications focused on um, private label hair and beauty, and you'll come across names of people um, in there. And then in terms of the manufacturing space, it's the same thing. It's like, you know, Google plus trade shows plus publications, I think, go a long way towards helping you find um, find people who can assist you with making anything, whether it's hair care or, like, you know, a, a new vitamin water. Yes, yes. Thank you, Tina, for that was a good question. And so your manufacturing space, you rent it out. I mean, you rent it each month. Um, you empl- you have your employees. How do you know, again, you're a Harvard graduated lawyer, so I know there's a certain amount of um, you're smart, right? But you're not a chemist. Like, how do you know what they're creating makes sense? Is it that you're just You just know. Not- like, one, you use it on your head. And, it, I mean, like, my chemist, I, I, my chemist, <laughs> She she's good, but she knows I'm good too. So like for instance, one time when I went to her facility, um, I flew in to go visit her. I walked in, I was like, mm, mm, mm. I was like, that smells like this product, and that's what they were making. Like she was oh, wow. like, whoa, I can't believe. But the point is, I know what's out there. I know how things perform. I know what people are looking for, and then. I kind of layer that on top of top of what she's doing, and then, like, say, for instance, we're trying to get into whole foods. Well, maybe we have an ingredient that we need to, like, make better. So I'll go back there and say, hey, the product is good right now, but I need to swap out this and see if we can find something a little bit more um, that that's a little bit more whole foods friendly for their premium body care standards, and she'll work with me on that. So it's a combination of, of I may not have the chemical background, but I know what um, you know what Whole Foods is looking for, as well as what our customers are looking for. And you know what, this is that's a great segue into our next um, question or to our um, couple of questions. Again, thank you everybody listening online. We're chatting with the CEO of Thank God I'm Natural. Big announcement for you, Target, which I'm a shopper of Target. Um, you know, we're doing a lot of advertisement. <laughs> Well, we, mm-hmm. we love Target. We've done FedEx. We've done Whole Foods now. But um, mm-hmm. one of the things, one of the things is Target. Tell us, 
step-by-step how you even approach Target. You know, what was that process of of getting in Target? Because that's huge. You're going to be in 250 stores March 1st. That is huge. Could you tell us and share with our listeners, other women, moms who, you know, have dreams of maybe one day being in a Target or Whole Foods, what was that process like? Well, I think it starts from before you even approach Target, you have to have your own, the small stuff right, meaning the product has to be, you know, correct, perform well, strong um, strong packaging, UPC labels, financials need to be completely on point, credit needs to be on point, like every every piece of documentation related to your business, all of your tax filings, all of that stuff needs to be in order. And so I think when you reach out to any national retailer, whether it be Walmart, Target, CVS, or Walgreens, you really just start by going through corporate and figuring out who the person is in your category that makes those type of decisions um, and start by reaching out to them, trying to have a conversation with them, set up meetings with them, um, whatever it takes, sending them samples um, to get that process going. And hopefully if whatever it is you're sending to them is impressive enough, like remember presentation is everything, um, maybe a conversation will result from that type of outreach. And I think that was what happened in our case. So started off sending samples, a conversation kind of came about as a result of that. And it's not to say that the rest was history, but the rest was a lot of paperwork. A lot. So now, when you um, say now, let's take let's let's take a step back because I want to make the devil is in the details. Okay, so yes, you you start when you say that you have to have your ducks in a row. UPC. Fin, let's talk about financials and credit. Are you saying that they want to see your your numbers, like your income statement, your balance sheet? What do they you don't want to see that, but it depends on, I mean, if, if you don't have three hundred dollars or $500,000 to finance the launch, somebody's going to want to see that, whether it's Target, a bank, you know, somebody's going to want to see that along the way unless you can finance getting into 250 or 1,000 stores with your own bank account. So whether it, and Target's not necessarily going to ask for your projections or your income statement or your P&L, but somebody will if you're going to have to seek outside funding, whether it's equity or whether it's debt financing. Mm-hmm. You get what I'm saying? Yes, yes, yes. And so you, to to do a launch, because that's a, a very important thing, it takes money. Um, you know, three hundred thousand, five hundred thousand to do a launch. Somebody's money. <laughs> yeah. Now, have you with TGIN? Have you taken outside fu- funding, or is it? I have. Are you not. doing everything? Wow, Chris. Yeah, yeah. So we've been really lucky. I'm still hundred percent owned. So yeah. Wow. hundred percent. Wow. Yeah. So those Harvard Law checks are. <laughs> are paying <But> hopefully. <laughs> hopefully. Wow. So, yeah. Wow. Okay, so you're a hunt. That's excellent because a lot of people always say the first thing they do is go on Shark Tank, right, or go and yeah. get funding. But you decided to to do everything with your own funds and you know the money. Of course, you're making from TGIN to do everything with the R- money. Correct. Correct. Awesome. Awesome. So now you you get your you reach out to the corporate office. They like what you're doing, and you send them samples. Is there any other things that that 
to get in a target? Because it sounds simple, but I know it's not a simple process. No, I mean, it's the paperwork, you know. I can't really describe kind of the forms off the top of my head, but, you know, a lot of the retailers, they want to see your insurance policy. They want to know what your numbers were last year. They want to know how your products rank. They want to know what you're doing to market um, your products in certain categories, how you're different what you're bringing to the table. So sometimes that stuff takes the form of a form. Sometimes that stuff takes the form of a conversation. And then, you know, a lot of other more minuscule details. But from a high level, I think they're really evaluating you on your ability to be professional, deliver, and, you know, deliver not only the product on time, but, like, do you have what it takes to bring people into the stores, and are you professional? And like I said, is your business together? So, yeah. great, great nuggets of information. Now, a lot even of even like Whole Foods, I, I think if you want to talk about paperwork, I think for a lot of these retailers, like when I say the paperwork, a lot of it is registering your product. So, like, I don't know on the food side, it's a lot more complicated. But, like, even with Whole Foods or Target, like, for Whole Foods, you have to, like, or even some of the local health food store chains that we've been in, like, you have to register, like, every single soap, like, upload the UPC, what it costs, what it weighs, what size box it comes in, what the measurements and dimensions are. So, like, there's a lot of that, what the ingredients are. Are the ingredients certifiable? You know, what percentage, you know, different things about percentages, how much you of that particular item did you sell last year. So that's not necessarily specific to Target. That's like generally the retail process in general because that's true of Whole Foods, I think, as well. After you send the samples and the buyer's like, yeah, great, getting you in the system is is like for every single product, it's like you basically have to bake, break down its features. Well, now let's talk for some people that might not know where – we know you're going to be in Target in March. Where else are is TGIN? If I wanted to buy TGIN, where else can I buy your product? We have to give a shout-out to our, our local suppliers that have been there for us since day one. So in a lot of cases, you can find us at, like, local health and beauty supply stores, like the various mom and pop that um, that carry just kind of like natural and holistic and healthy products. So you can find us there. You can find us on our website at thankgodimnatural.com. You can also find us on amazon.com as well. Well, so did you find that Amazon was really instrumental? And we love our local mom-and-pop stores because that's probably where your first products got to be in. But was Amazon, like, really instrumental and really expanding your brand? Uh, Well, I think it's instrumental. I mean, with everything, it's free advertising. It's like I think they have, like, I'm not sure about the number, but I don't know if it's, like, 80 million unique viewers a day. Um, So it's a great website that people that are looking for things kind of stumble upon your stuff where they might have heard of it or they might have never heard of it. But it's been um, great for our business. I like the platform, um, but they're very strict. Like, they have very high standards, and if you fall below their standards, when I say high, I'm talking about, like, a 1% defect rate. So if you fall below their standards, they might suspend your account or put you on probation or anything like that. So it's important to kind of um, stay in their good graces. 
<laughs> wow, Amazon. Yeah. yeah, they they are like every every everywhere. We're going to take a pause and ask um go to the phone lines and get another question, then we're going to come back with more questions with our guests. We have a few minutes left in the show. So, 864, I'm going to connect you. Thanks for listening to MGM Radio. Hello, and how you, what's your question? Uh, hi, how are you? My question is concerning overseas markets. Have you considered uh, all the markets that uh, black people have access to uh, in foreign countries? And also I'd like to know the step-by-step approach and uh, procedure that you use in order to get into Harvard. A lot of people would love to have their daughters uh, be like you. So how did oh, you step a step procedure? So I guess the first question is the overseas market. Yes, we're exploring that um, right now. I was in Africa twice this, well, last year. I was in Kenya and Tanzania for a trade mission, and then I was in South Africa um, also for a cosmetics trade show. So we're definitely looking at markets overseas. We right now sell to people um, in the Caribbean. Our products are also carried in stores and, you know, a store in Australia as well as in some parts of Europe. So that's great. Um, and we're definitely looking to grow that more. And then in terms of getting into Harvard, full disclosure, I went there back in 96, which was like 20 years ago. So the interview and application process, I cannot speak to whether it has changed or not because literally I typed my application on a typewriter. Like that's how long ago I got in. But when I did get go, you know, apply, I filled out an application, typed it on a typewriter, wrote a very personal essay. Like the essay is very critical to them evaluating who you are. Um, I was also a well-rounded person in high school and did a variety of things. Um, and I think the interview, it was just important for them to feel like you would be someone not only who would make a difference in the world, but someone who people would enjoy talking to and having dinner with. Like, they don't want, like, the super nerd that's only going to, like, talk about, like, world affairs all the time. They want people who can just, like, talk about pop culture and music and what's going on with the Kardashians and Kanye West. Like, they want people who are smart but also normal. And I think Ah. I brought that combination to the table. So, yeah. Yeah. I would have been great at Harvard. I loved those those are the things I love talking about. Wow. But let yeah. me ask you something on that note though. Did you have good grades in high school? Um yeah, did you I get a scholarship or did you you had what? I had all A's, so yeah. In high oh, school wow. I was intense. I was intense then. I'm uh, the back then I'm intense now. But um yeah, I had good grades scholarship. I got some money, yes, some scholarships, but <laughs> it I was not by no means free, and my parents definitely made tremendous sacrifices for me to go there, not just once, awesome. but twice, so for college awesome. and for law school, so forever yeah, grateful. Wow. Yeah. Now, and not to, we love Harvard, of course, right? But one <laughs> last question, your your preparation for Harvard, because there's some moms that, you know, like the caller said, want their daughters, their sons to go to Harvard. The preparation, did you go to private school or public school? Or I high went school? to private school, but I don't think that matters, even though okay. 
I, I think you should try to give your kid the best education possible. And in some instances, with certain people's resources, that means public school. And certain people's, with certain people's resources, that means private school. But whatever school your kid goes to, they have to demonstrate that they have made the most of that situation with the resources available to them. I have many friends who went to the best, you know, boarding schools or schools that, you know, on the Upper East Side by Park Avenue. And then I went to an all-girls school, Catholic school in Michigan. And there were people there from Detroit Public School. Um, So it really runs the gamut, and I think they are very good at um, identifying where people's potential lies regardless of their economic, socioeconomic background or where they attended high school. They're able, they have years and years, and when I say years and years, I'm talking hundreds of years of data on what students from certain types of school, how they perform. So it's not necessarily a public versus private school thing. It's more uh, how much is your kid willing to assert themselves and how what what is their level of curiosity like intellectual curiosity um like i said given the resources that they are afforded so i think they look at that more than private versus public okay and in terms of like your time at boston um was your um education like were you the only minority and how did that affect um you no, Harvard is very diverse. Like, it's over 10% black, so in my class, it's like 150 black people out of, like, 1,000. Oh. That was enough of a that was enough of a good little segment yeah. to keep me going. And, I mean, and, and then you multiply that times four, that's about 600, and then you add in all the graduate schools, that's, like, probably, like, 2,000 of us that are on campus at any one time. So it's, like, enough to make me feel like, you know, I've got a nice little support group and I feel comfortable here. Yeah, wow, that's another information nugget. Wow, that's really good to know, really good to Mm -hmm. know. We are chatting with the CEO of Thank God I'm Natural. Now, you mentioned that you traveled to Africa recently, and you talked about Mm -hmm. your mission. Um, Can you spread a little bit? As you know, I'm half Nigerian. So can you spread a little bit more information about what brought you to Kenya and South Africa? Sure. So basically the state of Illinois sponsored a trade mission um, to help small and medium businesses to make connections or export um, to various businesses in Africa. I'm sorry, various businesses on the continent who might need our goods and services. And so, like I said, it was sponsored by the state of Illinois. We went there. Half of it is always a trade show in most instances, and the other half is like business-to-business meetings. So in my case, for the Kenya uh, Tanzania thing, for the business to business meetings, I would meet with like PR companies who might help us with publicity on the ground, manufacturers, stores that might want to distribute our products, that type of thing. The Kenya portion of the trip actually got canceled um, due to the bombings last May, but I ended up going anyway by myself. So that was really awesome. It had a great energy, and I loved it. Like, I just loved it. Um, I was only there for two days. And then South Africa was like a trade show, a beauty trade show, and then I was in business-to-business meetings for the remainder of the trip. Awesome, awesome. Now, when you think about where you are now, you're going to be in Target, you're in all these mom-and-pop stores, you're on Amazon. 
Can you share any information or piece of advice that you've learned now about, you know, just running a, a business and getting into um, stores that you wish you knew when you first started? Like, can you share any, like, pieces of advice for starting entrepreneurs, especially in manufacturing? I think uh, pieces of advice is, I mean, trust your, your inner voice, of course. I think I wish I would have been more focused on having, like, short-term goals written down. I think I write things down, but I think you really should have a 60- to 90-day plan, like your short-term plan and a long-term plan. Because just writing it down, you don't have to live by it and accomplish everything. But recently, I feel like it just helps you to stay focused. And I feel like that was been this been part of the reason that we have been successful is that we don't try to do everything. Like, we try to do one thing well. And that's a complaint of some of the people who want to help us grow. But my thing is, let's get this right. And I think it's important to stay focused. So like I said, a 60- to 90-day plan as well as a business plan for the long-term growth of the company I think is really important. And we had a question in the chat room about, you know, money. A lot of people um, want to start a business, but they might not have the funds. They're working a full-time job, paying for their kids, da-da-da. To start a manufacturing business, what just average ballpark, like you're giving advice to a group of, of women, they want to start their own brand. What, in terms of money, would you say you need to have saved up or thinking about having to start a brand like TGIN? So it doesn't have to really be a lot, but I can just ballpark it. Let me think off the top of my head. I would say probably five to $10,000 could get you going. On your first run of something, oh, wow. that's, that's not it's not that case. big of a deal because a yeah. lot of people are are being are much more willing now to do smaller runs. You know, it's hard to find them, but when you do, you 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 know what I'm saying. There are people willing to do runs of like a thousand or five thousand, but wow. you know if you can find one of those people who will do a thousand, then you're really in a good place. You know. Yeah, yeah, wow. Do you find yeah, so that the it's not like? Hmm? No, go ahead, go ahead. It's not like what? No, no, no. I was just saying. Yeah, it's about a thousand. I'm sorry, about five to ten thousand dollars. But do you think like the manufa- like working with those manufacturers, especially the ones that maybe can do the smaller runs, is would you is, would you say that's the hardest part of running the business, or what? Do you no, think the, hardest the hardest part is part? the marketing. The hardest part is wow. the marketing. Yeah, really? but, but once you originally shipment. it was hard to do the the manufacturing, but once that gets going, it it gets going. It's like once you have your your vendors and suppliers lined up, your your eight to ten go to people for whatever it is you're doing, then you just send them purchase orders, and that that process should start to run pretty seamlessly. The hard part is the marketing and thinking of new ideals and finding new ways to interact with people and saying what you just said again differently for, like, the fifth time. So, yeah. Wow, wow. And our last couple of questions. So, speaking of marketing, how did you – what ways do you market TGIN? Primarily through social media. But right now we're moving, like, you know, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter – 
And we're moving into um, print. We'll, we're going to start advertising in essence um, again. And um, like, you know, online and offline marketing as well, word of mouth events, that type of thing. So, yes. Awesome, awesome. This has been so great. Um, we we really, really are super excited. We have a few minutes left in the show. Um, I'm trying to get all the questions in, and I see all the fans who are listening online. Thank you for tuning in to MGN Radio. And like we said, this show is recorded. Um, we play a game, and we have to play a game with you on this show. Um, it's something that we do. Like you said, it's about pop culture. We say some names. You tell us the first thing that comes to mind when we say these names, okay? You got it, Chris? Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> okay. Amber Rose. Blonde. Kim Kardashian. Sex tape. <laughs> Kanye West. Ridiculous. (laughs) I guess you're like me. I'm Team Amber all the way. Okay. um, Natural natural hair. Some beautiful curls. I love it. Nappy hair. It's all good hair. T-G-I-N. Empire. (laughs) (laughs) Wow, and you did well. (laughs) No, this has been so much fun. I mean, we love chatting with you. We're so excited about you being in Target. We're going to do our best to spread the, the love about, you know, you being in Target. Is there any other, um, information or any advice or anything you want to leave with our listeners before we round up? No, just thank you all for your support. Continue to stay tuned. If you're interested in more business tips, I do have a blog and underneath the section called Company News, I kind of talk a little bit about the target process and what's happening along the way. So you can check that out at tginblog.com. You can also follow us on Instagram at tginatural and Twitter and Facebook. Our page is Thank God I'm Natural. Awesome, awesome. Thank you so much. Thank and we you really so much. You being... <laughs> I appreciate you time. being on MGM. Oh, I had a blast. You're so much fun, and I know you're going to build your empire, and I can't wait to go into Target. I'll actually, I love Instagram, so I'll take a picture with one of my products that I buy from Target. Thank you and... so much. <laughs> no, thank you, and have a great, great Friday. Okay, have a great weekend. You Stay too. in touch. Thank you. Okay. Thank you. Wow, wasn't that great, listeners? And I know you loved it just as much as I did. Um, the CEO of Thank God I'm Natural, her products are going to be in Target. I hope you have got a pen and pencil and wrote down all the nuggets of information that she shared with us today. And stay tuned for our next show. And also stay tuned for information about Dare to Aspire Conference. Check out the website at d2aspire.com because we're going to reveal our keynote speaker in a couple of weeks, and she is amazing. All right, take care. God bless. Bye.